0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, what's going on, everybody? I'm going to just, you know what? I'm cutting right to the chase today. You know, one of these long, normal spiels. I got some storytelling for you boys and girls out there right now. It is about 11 o'clock, a little past 11 o'clock, Tuesday night, doing this on a Wednesday morning drop. last two episodes, maybe ever, that I'm going to do in Florida down here, final week down here. If you've been listening to this podcast, you already know I am no longer, I'm kind of homeless. Well, I'm living in a hotel, so I guess I'm not homeless, but this has been an interesting journey to say the least, you'll probably get it right away in the sound but anyway like i said last two episodes talking buffalo podcast down here in florida i got my man joe yordan well i have him on every friday we do casual friday but in light of what went on with the sabers today with granado and we'll talk about all that stuff in just a couple minutes i wanted to get him back for both so you're probably well you're definitely one of my favorite guests and you're you probably have done this podcast now at this point as much if not more than Anyone else? So I, I thought it would only be fitting that I'd have you yeah, on not for one, but for both of these this week. So anyway, on that note, my man Joe Yerden,
2: dude, what's going on? How are you? I'm, I'm coming for Buffalo wins is I'm coming for the other Joe's. Joe Pinzones is throwing. I'm coming for it. <laughs> like for most appearances, on with you. So like I'm, 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 I'm very good with this because I feel like I'm in with I'm within striking range if I haven't overtaken him yet.
1: <laughs> let me let me paint a picture for you. Joe and I, by the way, we just hooked up on Zencaster literally 30 seconds ago. I said, I got to save all this shit for the mic. He could see me. You can't. You can only hear me. I am outside literally in the dark with the exception of this tiny light in my face from the hotel that I've been staying at. And Joe, look, I I try to have consistency no matter what's going on in my life. I, I try to be consistent in having at least two episodes, if not more per week. Usually it's Tuesday and Friday. I flat out could not record for Tuesday, so I wanted to make sure that I got something for Wednesday. So on Tuesday afternoon, I hit up Joe and I said, yo, man, I know you do my Friday show, but do you think you could be available to uh, do this show as well? And he said, yeah, sure. Um, We would do it late tonight. Well, it is now late tonight. I swear (laughs) to God, bro. So I know the the easy answer would be like, well, why don't you just do this in your hotel room? Well, I can't because my son and my wife are there and they're not going to hear me blab on for an hour. they drive them fucking crazy. Plus I got to turn the air conditioning off. They can't talk. So that that's out of the question. I'm down here in the lobby. I literally have searched for over an hour now for a quiet place to record. And there's just not one available. People are coming in and out. I'm getting mad. Like they're doing something wrong. I mean, these are paying customers. I'm saying, dude, I'm staying here for free. This shit is comped. Okay. Not because of me, because of my wife or company, They put us up in these hotels for, uh, you know, the relocation and all that stuff back to Buffalo coming up at the end of the week. But anyway, there's just nothing available. There's people drinking and gabbing everywhere. There was this one Mm -hmm. little quiet spot. So I pulled out my mixer and I started to get ready. And not two minutes later, this old dude and two little kids. I swear to God, it can't be more than five, six years old. Come in the room. Two little kids? Yes, little kids. Five, six years old, man. Come running to the spot I was. He turns the TV on it again. I get it. These are customers. They're paying good money to stay here. But yo, that's this is, this is what I'm saying. You got two little girls get their asses in bed. They should be sleeping, not running around the goddamn hotel lobby. So there was quite literally not a single place for me to record. But me being the dedicated podsman that I am, continuing my search, I went into the weight room. I said, all right, well, that should be quiet. Well, there's no table. There's no chairs. It's impossible. Then I come outside and I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of quiet, but probably I'm sure The mic is picking up a lot of air conditioning sounds and stuff like that. The problem is, is that it's wet. So then I had to go inside and I had to get like five towels and clean this fucking table for like a half hour and put my mixer on a towel and my laptop on a towel so I could hook up with you and talk. But at the end of the day, not day, because now it's almost the end of the night, (laughs) I'm here. So now I am outside of a hotel. Now people are actually looking out the window already and they're already looking at me too. Jesus, I just got started, guys. Come on anyway he's got a
2: mic on he's got the light shining on him what the hell's going yeah, on i look
1: here? like a star they're like who the hell is this idiot right, right now let sign me just... autographs
2: you don't have to tell them who you are
1: but, but anyway they, yeah. let them
2: let them guess who you are and then just sign that autograph that's well, what my dad would always do yeah that's
1: true well they'd be guessing for quite a long
2: time but anyway my my, my dad is not spanish in any way and somebody somebody thought because he came back from myrtle beach one weekend because he was all tan they thought he was chichi rodriguez my dad is six foot two He's right. not Chi Chi Rodriguez, okay? Chi Chi Rodriguez is like a five foot five, you know, golfer from, from Latin America. My dad is not Chi Chi Rodriguez, <laughs> but he still signed the autograph and said, hey, Chi Chi, and he did the little like sword dancer thing. Like it was great. Right? Let me
1: let me give let me give you some forewarning and let me warn people <laughs> listening right now. Lots of things could go wrong right now. If it rains, I told you this. I'm I'm screwed. If it rains, I'm screwed. I'm probably out a mixer or laptop. It's gonna be a really short pot. I am using free hotel Wi Fi. So far, so good, but you know how that could be. So that might get mm-hmm. sketchy. Hopefully it doesn't. So far, you sound good. I don't know how I sound to you. I you can hear it. I can sound. A, I can hear a little bit of a hiss in uh in my mic because, like I said, the air conditioning. I, I hear no the hiss.
2: I hear no background sound. All I hear is you. And well, maybe that's because I got a fan blowing on me right now because it's, it's 80, 86 frigging degrees in my apartment. But, you know, that, that's fine.
1: I was going to say that. So, yeah, we both got problems, man. I'm trying to, to get through this week here. I'm trying to still be able to do this podcast before I get back to Buffalo and be able to do it. Much easier. You're dealing with some crazy elements in the summer. You know, I did look at my phone today and it's the first time I, I don't even remember the last time this happened, but I have a weather app and I always have Buffalo in my phone and I have mm-hmm. obviously the town down here where I'm from and then I have like clearing where my kids can be going to school. I just keep track of the weather. This was the first time and I don't know how long where Buffalo was legitimate. It was hotter than Florida. It was hotter in Buffalo uh. today, Tuesday than it was in Florida.
2: I don't like hearing that because I don't live in Florida for that express reason. <laughs> people, like you complain about heat here and people are like, well, oh, geez, it's hotter here or here or here. Like, right. Great. Right. That's why I don't live those places <laughs> other than like Portland or Seattle where it's like 116. Like that's abnormal craziness. Like that's, that's climate change being like, Hey guys, fuck you. <laughs> like, that's, that, that's mother nature being like, I told you guys I was coming for you. Now I'm here. But right. like this, like this is just normal summer crap for Buffalo, but I still hate it because I can't, I can't cool off. I can never cool off with this.
1: It was kind of funny and ironic um, going on Twitter and social media on Tuesday and just seeing so many people complaining about the weather, how soon Buffalonians forget, man, you freeze your ass. And now I know some people don't mind the winter, but a lot of people aren't mm-hmm. there freezing their ass off. Then it gets this hot and don't like that either. Nope. No, I love winter.
2: I love like even when it's really bad winter, I'll be like, whatever. I can just layer up. I can put it. I can put five sweatshirts on and a, and a winter coat. Great. Great. Like it still stinks. Like your face is chapped, but who cares? It's fine. <laughs> you can get warm. Like my apartment will be in winter. It might be minus 30 outside, but my apartment will still be 68 degrees. Yeah. In summer, I want it to be 68 degrees, but instead it's 86 or 87. Like, no, no, thank you. Not what I want.
1: <laughs> well, again, it's not like it's not hot in Florida. I was just pointing out, you know, it is hot. Right. It actually was hotter in Buffalo. You start to get used to something. You know, one thing, and by the way, we're going, this is not going to be a particularly long episode, but like I said, I wanted to make sure I got something out. I wanted to make sure I had Joanna to, to talk more specifically hockey today because Friday's kind of casual Friday. I mean, we'll talk Friday about the Sabres too because Granado and Kevin Adams are both speaking in the media Thursday. So we'll be on the air and we'll tape our show after that. But that's also about our starting five and just a lot of other things that we like to talk Having about. Fun. That it's yeah, casual. Yeah, it's casual, man, exactly. So today's a little more straightforward, and again, this will be uh, shorter. But one thing I do want to point out, when you're used to something, whether it was something you were growing up or maybe it's just something you you got used to as an adult and then it changes, like maybe it's because of where you live, you switched apartments or, or if you had a roommate or relationship, whatever, whatever it may be, and you're just something that's different you kind of, you go nuts a little bit. One quick little tale about this hotel. And I know I'm not going to get no sympathy. I've been kind of spoiled. So for the last five years, I've lived in a two-bedroom complex. And the cool part about it is that we've had two bathrooms. So going to the bathroom was never a problem. Well, now we've been in this hotel for, I don't know what, about 10 days now. And we only got one bathroom and we're like literally ready to kill each other. And it's most people only have one bathroom. I get it. But when you're used, to, you know what I'm saying? But when you're used to something and then you don't have it, like we, we went out to, we had a nice dinner earlier this evening we both had to go to the bathroom, long story short, at the same time. And I'm sitting there going crazy, having to wait. When you get used to something and then you don't have it anymore, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm kind of going through all these phases Then I'm thinking about going back because when I do go back to Buffalo, I'm going to be staying for at least a while with, uh, with my parents and they got a tiny house. Beautiful, beautiful place, but it's a tiny house. That's a a whole other thing. It's a tiny house and it has one small, not even one big bathroom, one small bathroom and Mm. no air conditioning.
2: Oh, and again, I've had central. you are going to be sharing my complaints soon.
1: Yeah, you can't live down here. Literally, you ain't living down here without Central Air in Florida. Mm. Um, I know it's not as necessary in Buffalo, but guess who's going to get it in the Buffalo Sunday night and it'll be the fourth. Guess who's going to get up Monday morning at about 9 a.m. and take a ride to Big Lots or. Or Walmart or somewhere, and is gonna come home with a small uh, window air conditioner in his uh, back seat of his car, which just got <laughs> shipped to Buffalo today? And uh, guess who's gonna have a window air conditioner in his fucking little makeshift bedroom, like literally within 12 hours of getting into Buffalo? That that That's, answer was. I, I'm,
2: I'm gonna tell you right now, as a guy who went out and looked for a small air conditioner today, Best Buy is your best shot. Best Buy, because the other place, yeah, Walmart had zero uh Lowe's had a very minimal stock uh there are lots of window units at Best Buy though like I was I was looking for a roller one that I could roll from like my living room to my bedroom it's because whatever I got I got different reasons for doing that but uh but window units were plentiful and they were cheap so I mean cheap comparatively like a, a roller unit costs anywhere from 400 to 550 so uh a window unit was about 180 so you're you're good like just go to a Best Buy, like just make sure it's a Best Buy that's still open.
1: But outside of Best Buy, it's not an easy find right now in Buffalo. Eh,
2: not really. No, I mean I. Ch- I mean I did a very limited search. Like I was like, there's a bunch of stores in this one set area. I'm just gonna go to these places if I can find something great. If I can't, forget it. Like that's fine. <laughs> um, but what, what it came down to, it I still cheaped out for a ninety five dollar very tall fan that was like, hey, it can cool your entire room great perfect that's what i want i don't want like a like a giant air conditioner i gotta i gotta change the water out of it every 25 minutes because it's so goddamn humid like i don't i don't need to be waking up in the middle of the night that like basically it's a horrible comparison but it's like basically trying to change a diaper in an air conditioner because like once it goes off <laughs> and it's like oh it's full of water I can't use it anymore like i'll be sweating and i'll be like what happened What's going? All oh, right, this thing's full. Great, thanks. So I, I didn't want that. So I was just like, let, let me see if I can make do it fans. I've been able to do it every other friggin' summer here. But like these last two days, I was just like, no, fuck this. I hate this. I hate everything about this.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, back with Jill Yurden. All right, let's get down a little bit of business here. Don Granato, to the surprise of essentially nobody. I mean, if, if you've been listening to this podcast and you've been hearing Joe talk about it for weeks, if you've been following other Sabres media members, stuff like that, you, you, you knew this was coming. But Don Granato, officially, the interim tag has been removed and he was named the uh, 20th coach in Buffalo Sabres franchise history. I've read per several reports that it's going to be a three-year deal. And I think this is now, the, he's like the sixth, Permanent head coach since Terry Bagula took over. Like I don't know what was it 10, 11 years or so. Eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's start here. I guess. Um, I, again, I'm gonna preface this by saying I we all know that there's nothing surprising. But given this team, the state of the franchise, and everything, are, do you think it's the right move? Are you are you happy with it? Now I know there's gonna be other dominoes. That you're probably going to want to see fall. Maybe we'll talk about a few of those in a minute as well. But just generally speaking, like, what are your initial thoughts to hearing this news right now? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on okay. a second here, okay. Joe. Okay. Hold on. Waiting, how did waiting, I? Waiting. How did? How did I not start this fucking podcast off literally by saying this? Do you remember if if it wasn't the fear of of taking too long right now, I would dig up the sound clip from last Friday's show. What did I end our show with? Last Friday, you, casual Friday.
2: You a hundred percent said we're going to have a coach by next Friday. Yep. I 100% said a hundred percent like I, full marks, full marks to you for being like, we're going to have a, we're going to have a coach by next Friday. I, I absolutely like, I don't know about that, man, but sell five five, sell five five to me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Diamond Dallas page all <laughs> high five you can't see it but I just gave the symbol to pat but uh, but but full marks to you 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 were a hundred percent correct on that we were I and I was doubting it because they kept dragging their heels like it's been months it's been months you figured like if they were gonna do this they would have just done it a while ago but uh, but no, no, you nailed it. You nailed it. You said by next Friday they would have it, they would have a coach in place. Yeah, you got it.
1: something was going to go on. By the way, that quickly that Diamond Dallas page is that a little bit of a reference potentially to our starting five on Friday? A little spoiler alert here because we're going to be doing our favorite wrestlers.
2: Maybe. Uh, it might be. It might be. I don't know. He might sneak out of my list. I don't know. Let
1: me come clean with you, though, buddy. I I, I guess. I had no fucking idea. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I was just throwing <laughs> something against the wall. I did say last week, I said, by the time we tape next week, something significant is going to happen, whether it's a new coach, an Eichel trade, a Reinhard trade, something. But, yeah, anyway, it went down. What are your initial early thoughts right now?
2: Well, I'm 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 mostly glad they got it out of the way uh, because I, I, I think – the, the big expectation that this was going to be Don Granado's job, uh, unless somebody came in and just absolutely blew their hair back, uh, with an interview. And you know, Don, you know, the, the, the way the team played once he took over as the interim, that showed a lot of uh, I don't know what the right word is for it. showed a lot of what he's about, I think, because you know, from his history as a as a NTDP coach, uh, as a USHL coach, yeah, I mean, you can't really take his his career as an assistant in chicago like that's 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 one thing or another but uh but his his career as a guy who develops players uh fantastic and i think you saw a little bit of that where you know where ralph you know you know ralph's whole thing was just basically like this is my way and if you don't play my way you're not going to play like it wasn't my way or the highway because he's a little bit more you know savvy than that but uh, but it was basically like, no, we were gonna do it this way, and that's the way it's gonna be. And instead, in Don's, you know, in Don's eyes, like, you know, the season was, you know, they weren't making the playoffs. That was not happening. They were in the middle of a, you know, what ended up being an 18-game losing streak. I think they were about 12 or 13 games into that when when Kruger was fired. So, you know, you're basically just taking over and just being like, All right, what can I do that's different here? Which is basically everything. Do, just do anything that's different and figure it out from there. And he did. And he basically told the guys, hey, listen, go out there and play. We'll figure it out from there. Like, you're not working systems. You're not working – you know, you're not getting in deep with stuff when you're an interim coach because you don't know how long you're sticking around for. But the guys played hard. They play. you know, a lot of guys that they're counting on to eventually be players here, whether it's next year or two years down the road, played really well. So you're taking that and you're like, okay, maybe this guy's got something going on here. And the play, you know, and that, you know, whether that lead, whether that led to Adams and ownership saying like, all right, let's just let's just restart this, Let, let's start over again, or not, we don't know. Like, we'll we'll never hear that answer from from Terry and Cam. Like, that's fine, but, uh, but but they trust Don, they trust Don Granado to do that. They trust him to get some of these guys that haven't produced as prospects the last few years to be producers now. You know, Milstead looked great. You know, Darlene looked infinitely better playing for Dog Renato. So, like, these are the guys you want to back up. Like Dylan Cousins, you know, he. I think Cousins played solid all year. But, you know, take that for what it's worth. It was his first NHL season. You don't have anything to base it on. But in, in this case, I 100% get it. And the guys they interviewed, whether it was Nate Lehman, Guy Gadowski, Greg Carvel, you know Bruce Pedro Rick Tockett, none of these guys really blew their pants off. So that's fine. Uh, like I mean, that's that's totally fine. But if they were set on Granato the whole way and they're just doing a bunch of courtesy interviews, that's kind of lame. But I don't think that's I don't entirely think that's the case. I have to leave the door open a little bit, just in case that was the case. But it sure seems like uh, in this case that Granato was was going to be the guy for a while, but. Uh, they had to do some kind of due diligence for it, and I understand that. That's fine. But uh, but in this case, considering what they seem poised to do, this is the right call.
1: Do you think this decision was made? Well, I, it sounds like you do. This, this decision was uh, set in stone for quite a while now, and it was just, when are we going to make this official? I suppose you could call it due diligence, talking to other coaches like you were just kind of a, explaining to some extent, maybe they were just kind of information gathering, like maybe getting input from potential coaches on what they think, the you know, the situation with the franchise is and what they think of some of their players. Kind of, it was more like fact gathering, but in reality, there was only one real true cannon. Now you said maybe if someone blew their pants off, that would, uh, you know, that could change things. Clearly it didn't. The name Rick Tockett, that's the kind, I feel like that's the name that probably came up the most aside from, Granado, did you ever feel like he was any kind of like legitimate candidate for this job? Or did you really never think that anyone was really a, a true legitimate candidate for this job other than Don Granado?
2: I, I think this was Granado's job to lose. Um, I, I think that a lot of the guys they talked to, it was, you know, whether it was a courtesy interview or just like, hey, let's see, let's see where they're at right now. Because I think in Lehman's case and Tockett's case, those were guys that they were interested in, at least, you know, previously, you know, back in time. Uh, so I understand them circling back and talking to them completely get that. Um, but I, I think when it comes down to it, that, that Don was their guy. And if you were dead serious about somebody else, especially when you consider some of the veteran guys that were, that they, that either they were considered or they were connected to, whether it's Broudreau or, um, talk or even, even Jack Capuano, who Ottawa denied them from even talking to, not that I think Jack Capuano was the right call for, for this situation. I think if anything, that would have been, that would have been a reason for whoever was left still on the ship, supporting the Sabres to jump off. And that's, I know it sounds like a knock on, Ca- on Cappy, but Cappy's a great guy. Love Cappy. But to get a team pulled out of the muck and the mire here, he's not the right call. Like, like that's that that he's the absolute wrong call, but Ottawa saved them from themselves, I guess. But um but this was really this was really undone, and I think this was you know like they knew what they had they had a they had a known quantity, and nobody else really impressed them. So you know for I from their aspect, yeah, I guess I guess they did do due diligence, but you know they took a lot of time. They took a lot of time to get this figured out. And you know, listen, I you know maybe it's just all you know painting putting lipstick on a pig for for what they were doing, but um, but you can't say that they didn't do anything (laughs) like i like this is this is the whole thing with the sabers that like the the bar is like underground to get over and you can just say that like well at least they talked to some guys this time and say like well yeah hey they they did something more than they did last time and you know that that's the way it goes but uh but i mean you can't really you can't really argue with don just because the the and it, you know, it's the it's the thing that's it's one of the handful of things that's still left hanging in the air is the, what they're going to be next season, what kind of what the roster makeups going to be, and what they're going to have. It, if it turns out to be the way that we all think it's going to go, like Eichel's gone, reinhardt has gone, ristolainen is gone, it's going to be an entirely very young team. That's the right team to have Don Granato in charge of because he'll get the right habits, he'll get the right stuff out of them, and get them going in the right direction. Where which is something that didn't happen with these guys before.
1: Do you um? All right, so I, I want to be clear here. I'm not whatsoever critical of the Don Granado hire. I like it. I personally would have made the same call, I think, given the state of the franchise. That said, I don't think this should be completely dismissed. Do you think this is the best case scenario for Terry Bagula, not even just from a hockey standpoint, but also... I mean, let's face it, money matters too from a financial standpoint because he was you going to pay Kruger and some of these guys that you've mentioned and some of these bigger name guys are like Ataka or a Bruce Padreau and some of these other people would have costed him some money. Whereas I'm sure what he's paying Granado is probably less, maybe not a ton less because I mean, he did get a three-year deal. I mean, that's not nothing. I mean, it's not a mega deal, by, not even by hockey standards, but it's not a huge deal. Do you feel like business at all? Played some role in this decision and obviously the fact that the team looked different than uh, under 28 games than they did under Kruger. Like, let's just say for an example, Joe, that let's just say he took over in those 28 games. They were no better. You know they they still looked lethargic or whatever, and he can't hire Granato. He's got to go. Out. He's got to pay Kruger, and then he's going to go out and have to make some kind of splashy guy. I feel I feel like he saved some money with this. So in some aspects, besides just hockey, this is probably the best financial situation for him too. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree with that. I think this this works out very well financially, especially given uh, Rod Brindamore, whose Carolina Hurricanes are like you know, the precipice of being a you know continual threat for the the, the Stanley Cup every year. Uh, signed for $1.8 million, which is what he was making before. And, you know, he was a Jack Adams finalist. The, you know, like that's that kind of stuff for me is you know, it's, it's Brindamore wanting to stay in a good situation, but it's also like, man, you got to help your other coaches out. You got to get paid, man. Right. <laughs> like that. It, it's kind of the, it's kind of the players association sort of, you know, any players union thing. Like you gotta, you gotta help everybody else out, get paid. No, like I mean, that hasn't stopped other guys from getting paid. Kruger I mean, based on a uh, one season as a head coach, got paid a lot of money, like over $3 million a season for a guy that had one lockout shortened season under his belt. Oh boy. Like, I don't know who he's competing against for that job, but like, that's that's a big payout. And like, they still, get, they got to pay him, what, one, two more years for that? So I, I think it it just by happenstance, but also maybe by good fortune, this works out that like they, they get a guy in for three years, Ideally, they're probably not paying him more than $2 million. I have to think, um, you know, it dep- I mean, it all depends, honestly, like, you know, it depends on Granado's agent and how shrewd a negotiator they are. It depends on if there's a poison pill in the contract, which has been rumored for what the last three coaches last two or three coaches in the GM's like they've, they've had some poison. Pill. This even goes to the bills. I mean, you think of Doug Barone's thing where like, Oh, Hey, they fired him. Oh, by the way, he gets an extra $5 million for getting fired. Right. You know, like that, like that whole thing. Uh, you know, that's been rumored with Botrell. That's been rumored with, uh, with Kr- I mean, with Kruger, I mean, you know, Kruger is getting paid anyways, just cause whatever. But, um, but I think in Granado's case, yeah, like not having to pay him more certainly works out to their benefit, whether that affects their motivation to go find somebody else. I don't know. I think I think that it's occluded enough by what they're going to do with the future that you know if you're keeping Jack and you're keeping Sam, they are like, listen, we're going for this one more time. These are the best guys we got. We're going to get Bruce Boudreaux. We don't care if we got to pay him six million a year. Fine. We got to make the playoffs. We got to make a run out of. These are the guys that we've, you know, we sunk multiple seasons to get. We got to do this. Uh, but in this case, that's not the situation. You know, they're they're probably trading, they're most likely trading Jack. They're probably trading Sam and at that rate you can pay a coach a million and a half dollars a year to be like all right get us back on you know get us back on our feet get us back on the on the way that we thought we were going to go before
1: before we uh we'll finish up talking about a couple of those players and more specifically where you think they may end up not necessarily the teams but what what's going to happen with them but before that quickly let me ask you this so we're dropping we're taping this again actually we're about to hit wednesday morning when this is dropping so they're speaking tomorrow, and by they, I mean Grenado and, and Kevin Adams. What are you hoping to hear from whether it be Grenado and or Adams on Thursday that if, and I've asked you this before, Joe, I always try to tell you, you know, be a salesperson, sell the fans, give us some hope, give us something that to get excited about. What are you hoping to hear from Grenado or Adams that might maybe put them a little bit on a track to give fans at least some optimism? What do you want to hear from them on Thursday?
2: I think they've exposed their cheat sheet already. Uh, I think Adams already did that by, by really harping on cousins and Darlene as the guys they're going to, they're, they're going to ride into the future. I mean, those are the only guys that he mentioned by name that he was going to be like, you know, listen, we got these young guys, they're here. They're really good. Let's let's, you know, we're going to really go with them. And those are the two guys that, that, that got mentioned. I, you know, no mention Jack, no mention to Sam. Cause you know, I don't know if they felt that that was you know, old hat or they just read the writing on the wall that like, we're not going to have these guys much longer. Uh, I think you have to stick to that and you have to the, it, it's a tough balance because you can hype those guys up and say because they are excellent players. Cousins is fantastic. Darlene, Darlene should be in you know, you know the, the whole situation in Buffalo is so screwed that. like he should have been a guy that you can talk about in the same breath as Adam Fox, who just won the Norris tonight, you know for the Rangers as you know basically a rookie. Um, like that that's the conversation that he needs to be in. And I think you, you can still push that, obviously, because you can just write off the Kruger time as just like this guy's, you know, whatever. He screwed it up. That's fine. We know what Dolen is. OK, fine. You, you can buy into that, but you have to focus on that. Like that's that's your way of selling the future of that. And whoever you're taking at number one, whether it's Owen Power or Matty Banyard, doesn't matter. Uh, and if you trade Eichel for number three or number, you know, number six, number eight, whatever it is you're you're hyping it up the future around those guys because at least you know at least with the number one pick you can say like he might be here right away next season if not he's going to be here two years from now and then if you're picking you know if you're picking somebody third sixth, eighth, whatever it is you could say maybe he'll be right here right away but he'll probably be here in a year like you'll see him in march just to understand where we're coming from like you can't have a takeaway line like you had with Darcy and Gere, where he said well there's going to be some suffering everybody's suffering every everybody has suffered and it's you know you can't beat that drum for 8 9 years in a row because no, people are done hearing it they were done hearing it 3 years ago so you can't just go back down that road again you have to stay focused on what's now and say listen we're going to be better we're sorry we screwed up we're just going to be better and just go with that <laughs>
1: I want to paint a picture for you that worries me about the short term future of the Buffalo Sabres that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. We spent so much time talking about Jack Eichel and where he's going to head up. We spent a a lot of our podcast last Friday talking about that and you concluded that Anaheim would be a great fit and you, I, I think, very accurately ran off what some good pieces would be in return. But that aside, Jack Eichel this past season didn't really factor much. It didn't factor literally anything into the Don Granado era. However, Sam Reinhardt did. Now, here's the thing. Yes, 28 games. This team looked a lot better. Cousins looked pretty good all year. He's one of the guys I think that looked pretty good under Kruger as well. So it wasn't like he just, you know, uh, the light snapped on when, when he became, Granato became coach. But anyway, uh, Casey Middlestat looked so much better later in the year. Uh Tage looks so much better later in the year. I thought Andrews Bork turned out to be a pretty decent pickup for them. Uh, the young guys, Daleen and Yoki Haro, they look so much better. Lots of guys, okay? Even some veterans like Akposo. Here's the thing though, none of those guys were the the one C. Sam Reinhart was. Would this team without Sam Reinhardt, are they competitive? Like, yeah, the Don Granado Sabres were pretty competitive for 28 games, even without Jack Eichel. But you know what, Sam Reinhardt, and you've talked about this, he was borderline sensational in his role and proved that he could be a top-line center. Well, guess what? If he's not here, Casey Middlestat might be a, a two or three center or ditto for Cousins. Neither of those guys had to be a one. Now do they? I mean, are, are you going to go out and find yourself through free agents or trade for a one C? So if they were to lose Sam Reinhardt, what I'm saying is this. I think Sam Reinhardt should get a lot of credit for the reason why Don Granado Sabres were competitive now, yeah. The, the young guys look pretty good for sure, but you know, the, a lot of the pressure was off them because you had Sam Reinhardt playing those top line minutes and playing as well as he did. That's something that worries you a little bit about losing Reinhardt because we already know what they're like without Jack Eichel. I don't know what this team would look like without Sam Reinhardt right now.
2: Yeah, if they lose Reinhardt, they, they you know, and again, this all hinges on what they get return for trades. Um, I, I, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but if you lose Reinhardt and you don't have somebody that can, that can eat those minutes at, at, at one C they're in for trouble. Like, unless they have like a whole team unit where it's like, you don't have a number one line necessarily, but if you got two number twos and two number three lines, okay. Like that, you can, you can run with that. You're pro you're, you know, at the very, at the very best, you're probably looking at possibly. You know, maybe a run at ninth or tenth in the East, I guess. But like, I mean, yeah, you, you got you have to look at their division and just say like, it's gonna be an uphill battle, regardless. Like they they're in the most evil division in hockey. It was that way before. It was that way before they had two final two Stanley Cup finalists in their, in their division, like they do this year. Right. You know, like you know, Florida got way better. You know, Montreal's in the Cup final. Toronto was the best team in the North Division all year. Uh, Boston was the best team in their division. Like it, it, you know, that right there tells you like, if they can get to fifth, wow, congratulations, you friggin' did something great. You know what? Ottawa's is going to be better. Detroit's still going to stink. You know, Buffalo, probably not going to be great once they get rid of Eichel and, and those guys. But, um, but like, like that, but you lose Reinhardt. I mean, Reinhardt was a 40 goal pace guy this year and play in center for half the season where he, you know, didn't really get any run at before. So, I mean, this, a lot this of it without me. Jack
1: too. A lot of without Jack, yeah. I, one of the critics, you know, some of the critics out there might say, well, he, he's ridden the coattails of Jack, which is kind of ridiculous. But anyway, that's actually, you can't even argue that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Nope.
2: Nope. Nope. And you know, like that's, that's the whole thing. And like, I think that's with hiring Granato, you've got, you now have a guy in your, in the fold where you can say this guy wants to keep Sam, like this guy wants him as his number one center. And, and the thing is, is that it might be too late for that because Sam has been here for as long, you know, he's been an NHL guy for as long as Jack has been every year has been some sort of different kind of miserable. There's been, you know, tons of losing tons of drama, tons of nonsense. And, you know, if you, if you're in Sam's position, he hasn't been he hasn't gotten that long-term contract. He wanted it three years ago. He wanted it a year ago. like you know, granted, you know the, the pandemic stuff really put the brakes on maybe doing it last year because you know there's no money to go around the cap the cap space is limited. I get it. But after the way this season went, if you're in his spot and you're a year away from UFA, do you want to stick around long term? I wouldn't. I wouldn't like. I mean, and that's not that's not a knock on him. That's a knock on the Sabers for just being so terrible for for his entire career. And you know, if he wants to go, you know, he's got He's got to tell the team right away. Like the team's got to know already. Like they they should have known months ago. The exit interview. They should they they should know by that point that he's like, I ain't staying here. I want to get. I want to go back west. I want to go Western Canada. I, it doesn't matter. Like, you can trade me to wherever, but I'm going to sign with Calgary or Vancouver when that season's done.
1: Is he worth, is it worth Kevin Adams rolling out the red carpet, so to speak? Is it worth Kevin Adams going into, I don't know, lack of better word, ask us in mode, whatever it takes. Money talks. Of course, money talks. Mm-hmm. But Is there anything that Kevin Adams can do or is Sam Reinhardt to you, is it worth it if you're Kevin Adams right now or whoever in the front office, Terry Bagula, Kim Bagula, whoever it may be mm-hmm. to really work very hard and try to get this guy to change his mind and say, listen, Jack is going to be gone. Cause I look, I'm, I'm done talking about is Jack Eichel getting traded. Jack Eichel's getting traded. All right. The only way Jack mm-hmm. Eichel ain't getting traded is if this injury prevents him from playing hockey anymore. Right. Short of that, mm-hmm. Jack Eichel's going to be a former Buffalo saver. I don't even want to spend any more time talking about him. At least not today. Anyway, Sam Reinhart, Is he worth it to the Sabres organization in your estimation to find some way, somehow, besides the obvious money, whether it's putting a C on his jersey, whether it's making him the face of the franchise, whether it's putting him on the commercials or promos? I don't give a shit what it takes. Is he worth it to you to pull out all the stops to try to keep him? Or do you just say, you know what, man, fuck it. He's a good player, but we're not going to be good with or without him anytime soon, so let's just dump him off and get what
2: we can get. I think think? it's Sam... I think if Sam left the door open at all, you put you push as much as you can. Because he's he's been so underappreciated here and a lot of it's because of Jack. And that's not his fault. Like that's not his fault like that you know Jack saying like hey I want Sam on my wing, that's the best way we're going to go. You do what he says. Like <laughs> you know, I don't care how good a coach you are like if the, if your number 1 guy says like I want this guy on my wing, we're going to do great with him. Cool, great. We'll we'll do that. I mean, you could I mean, you have to have a lot of swagger. You have to have a lot of pull to be able to say, no, Jack, we're not doing that. Make it work with these guys. Sam's going to have his own line. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to try to get you on two like figure it out with two lines and go from there. They didn't have coaches that can do that. You know, when Biosmo was here, he was too young and you're not pulling that, you're not pulling that rank. Housley was a brand new coach and still figuring out what he's got to do as a head coach. And then Kruger in his case, you know, like whatever. You know, I I can't, I can't get myself worked up about Kruger because at that point things were just like already getting out of whack and then he didn't help. So I, I I think when it comes down to it, if Sam left a door open at all saying like, Hey, listen, if you guys want to give me the tie, if you want to give me the contract and the money I'm listening, push in, like, just do it. Like, don't break your back for the future to do it. Um, And obviously if you trade, you know, when you trade Jack, you're losing 10 million against the cap to do it you're taking some money and back in return, but whatever. Um, but if you, if you got to pay, if you got to pay Sam like Skinner money. Okay. Like, I mean, I, I feel okay with that just because you're, you're going to cut out another, you know, you're going to cut out Eichel with that. And Darlene, you're probably signing him to a, to a bridge deal. Same for Yuki, Are you? Cause you don't, you know, you're not committing long-term to them yet. Cause you, you got like, you got to tell them you listen, you got to prove it. Yeah. We, you know, we, we think you're part of the future, but like, we ain't committing seven, eight years to you now. Like, you know, show us that, like, what, what we saw for a year and a half was an aberration. Show us, that, show us that we're wrong, basically. You know, it's not necessarily a prove it, but it's basically like, show us, show us that you ain't like that. Like, that's, that, that's what it is. And, you know, in Sam's case, like, listen, I mean, centers that score at a 40-goal pace are so rare. They're so rare. Like, McDavid and, you know, Drysdale barely plays center these days. He's always on McDavid's wing and I don't know, Crosby Crosby doesn't really score at a 40 goal pace anymore. So like what centers do you have that score at that, that kind of rate that, that are on the market that are that available? Nobody. Like there's just, there's just nobody that, that does that. It's always wingers that score that much.
1: How concerned are you again? I, we both agree it's a foregone conclusion. Jack's gone. I think we're close to saying the same thing about Sam Reinhardt, but at least there's Mm -hmm. a, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the Sabres have a, a puncher's chance. You know, you never know. Maybe you catch him with one right hook late in the fight and, and the whole thing turns around. <laughs> Very fucking highly unlikely, though. But it is at least possible. <laughs> I mean, being real here. That said, so let's assume those two guys are going to be gone. How concerned are you that we've seen some guys just not be able to handle the pressure of, you know, being the guy? Casey Middlesat looked like a really good player late in the year. But you get mm. rid of Michael. You get rid of Reinhardt. What do you do to make sure that Casey Middlestad now all of a sudden has the, the weight, you know, the, the world on his shoulders right now, the weight of his shoulders of having to become going from a third line center, actually a third line winger, actually a guy we didn't even know was going to be on the goddamn team. You know what I mean? The, early in the season, he really worked his way up this lineup and played very well. But yeah. that said, asking him to play first center line minutes next year, ain't that too much too soon? Do you think it is? You got to go out and you got to get somebody if you're going to lose Michael and you're going to lose Reinhardt is the pressure really on Kevin Adams to go get somebody so that Dylan Cousins or Casey Middlestat don't have to assume that role this soon or should they be ready?
2: No, I no. you have to you you have to find ways to cover them. You you cannot like that was the big problem with Middlestat from the get go was that. They drafted him and like he showed off at World Juniors, and you're just like, wow, look at the talent, the scoring ability, everything. And you're thinking, like, well, all right, there's our number two behind Jack. Like that, that's the immediate thought because you know, Reinhardt was stuck as a winger. He can't hack it at center, whatever, you know. And you're thinking, like, all right, Casey's got to be our number two. And he wasn't ready for that. Like, certainly not. You know, he didn't play enough games in college. He didn't play enough games, period, to be able to get enough of a dossier to tell you that like he you know where he can hack it i think now you have a better idea and i think where he belongs is a third line center like i don't i don't think he's a top six guy um yeah no granted he could prove that wrong to me next year great i hope he does i would love to eat my words on something like that for a guy that i really like that i think has a ton of talent to be able to do that i would love that you know it's not it's not something where i get dunked on later in the you know in the future like if I get dunked on, great. I'll eat it. Yeah, dunk, dunk on, <laughs> me, man. That's dunk on me, man. dunk on me, man. I'll be Sean Bradley. I'll just stand under the under the net, <laughs> and Sean Kemp can just posterize <laughs> me repeatedly. Fine, great. Like that's cool. I'm d- I'm down with that. But uh, in this situation, where Dylan Cousins is what 20, and if he's your presumptive number one center. I don't know how comfortable I am with that. Like, yeah. I think that's, you're asking a lot of, of him to, to step out of that and to, and to shoulder the weight of being the number one guy in the power play. Uh, You know, the number one guy, you know, playing the most minutes are forward, maybe being a PK guy on top of that. Uh, Like all those things that, that to me says you're throwing a lot on his plate and saying like, all right, buddy, go get it. I don't like that. Like that, that idea to me, like you can work him into it as the season goes, but uh, doing it right off the hop. I don't like that at all. Um, But that's the, like, that's the unfortunate spot that you're in. And again, it all depends on what you get back for Eichel and, and, in trades and, you know, the other guys in trades, like it all depends on what you get back in return. If you get somebody that can just eat minutes for a year or two while Cousins gets ready, you know, I think of Anaheim like, if you get a guy like Adam Henrique, who, you know, won a lot of people over as the captain of Canada for world championships, you know, Canada ended up winning gold after it looked like they weren't even going to make it to the, you know, they weren't even going to make it to the playoff rounds. Um, you know he makes a ton of money, but like if you're trading Eichel to Anaheim, you gotta take some money back. Fine. If you gotta take Adam Henrique back, great dude, perfect room guy, awesome guy. Like, you'll never catch me saying a bad word about Henrique ever in my life. Like that dude is that dude is great. And you know, if he's got to be your number one center, yeah, that's not the ideal situation. Like, he's not a number one, like that. That's just not his job now. But if you if you're doing it to shield cousins, fine. If you're doing it to shield middle stat, fine, like that you can do that, but to, to to ask those guys to be your top two line centers, you're going to get them rolled. Because if you're putting Cousins against McDavid's and all those top line guys, Ovechkin's, all these guys, if you're asking them to like, go against those guys and defend them and score, you're asking for a lot of frustration. And that I don't think you need those guys to do that on a situation where a team's probably not going to be good. Do you
1: think there's as big of a market out there for Jack Eichel as most people in Buffalo seem to think? Do you think from a league-wide standpoint, And I know we hear Elliott Friedman talk about, and Darren Drager, you know, the national guys talk about it semi-regularly. But as a whole, do you think this market out there right now for right is as big as most people in Buffalo, including myself, think that it is? Or do you think because of the neck and the way it's being handled and a lot of uncertainties that maybe that market ain't quite as big as we think it is? Which, if I am correct about that, and I don't know that I am, I want your take on this. That's sending Kevin Adams up to get a lesser return than the average Sabres fan is going to want, which of course is going to really piss off a lot of people too. But what, what, what do you, do you think that market is big right
2: now? What do you think? I I think the market is big enough. Um, I mean, you I don't think you are going to have twenty five teams calling you about that. Um, and you know, the Nick thing is a big deal. Let's not let's not hide around that. That's a big deal. Uh, just because what's out there right now is very clouded uh you know based on what the team says and what jack's you know what jack said before that's very cloudy like you don't know what's what what's for real because it's all it's all grandstanding it's all whatever um but there are teams out there that they're just like hey listen if he wants to do that great cool we're gonna get a guy that's that's a top 10 level player that's under contract for the next you know four or five years fine well you know we can eat it for a year and if he comes back and he's an mvp level player great cool like, we got him. <laughs> you know, we've solved a problem, you know, a long-term problem, very quickly, and may not have had to pay a, like the, the the premium price that you think you have to. But like that's that's where Buffalo's part comes into play because they're still gonna and they, you know, they still have to. Like it's not like they're you know it's not like they're begrudgingly doing this. They still have to treat him like a premium asset uh, because he is because we know how good he is when he plays. Everybody knows it. Like that's not a secret. Um, but. But as far as the as far as the market goes, this is where the flat cap thing for the next few years really hampers things because if you don't have a contract that you can send the Sabres way that kind of balances things out for the ledger, you're in a tougher spot. You know, I mean, you know, there's not gonna it doesn't sound like there's gonna be any compliance buyouts, doesn't sound like there's gonna be any kind of relief for teams, which I mean you can argue is kind of bullshit because nobody expected the cap to be flat for, you know, four, five, six years, whatever it ends up being. Nobody expected that. Like, you know, maybe this is something that changes in the next year or two Mean fine. I, that, that would be fine. But, um, but I think in this case, like if you can make, if you can make an Eichel deal work now and you can get him in and the the deal works great for both sides, get it done like that. As far as I'm concerned, get it done. I know there's questions about the health and the cynical part of me still says that like, once he's traded, he'll be like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Next sucks. But you know, maybe maybe I can just rehab it out. Maybe I can just do it that way. Maybe he really you know, if he's dead set on the surgery, if the team lets him have it, great, cool. Like that's your problem now. But uh when it comes down to it, you cannot take a lesser package. You absolutely cannot do it. It killed Jason Bottrell's career when it came to O'Reilly. And that was that was that whole thing is I I can't wait for the the backstory for that the actual happenings there to to come out at some point in the future. I it's not to me say that I have knowledge of what happened. Just my own assumptions that that call came from a higher up, get him the hell out of here. Like he doesn't want to play here. Fine. Screw him. Um, But in Jack's case, like this is, this is a whole other, this is a whole other thing. That's got a lot more background and a lot more stuff. So if you can, if you can pull off the deal and get the pieces that you need, friggin' do it, man. Like, because this, this relationship is done.
1: I feel what you kind of just answered for me. I was just going to tell you, I feel like this might be one of the most dumbest rhetorical questions that I've ever asked in, (laughs) I don't know, 340 episodes or whatever the hell I'm at of this podcast. Is there in your estimation, literally any chance whatsoever that somehow, some way, I've written it off. I'm sure you're about to as well. Is there anything the Sabres can do to make, to find common ground with Jack and say, yeah, you know, you're our franchise guy. You've been our guy. You're one of the most talented players we've ever had on this, in this organization. Is there any freaking thing they could do whatsoever to get this guy to, to to want to stay? Cause I don't think he hasn't come on and said it. We haven't even heard reports mm-hmm. where he, Jack Eichel's directly said, I want out. We're all assuming it for very good reason. Is there mm-hmm. anything the Sabres can do in your estimation at all? That uh, is, is going to make Jack not want to get traded.
2: I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, it's everything has been understated everything's been you know not made very explicitly clear like there hasn't been a very clear trade demand you know that's fine uh the, the sabers have come out and said you know listen if jack wants this surgery you know uh, you know like we don't agree with that because our doctors and his doctors don't agree with that like everything is everything that hasn't been very clearly stated has been stated otherwise that They're not on the same page. It's irreparable. And I just don't see it working out like this. You know, what I'm going to say is going to sound like conspiracy theory laden crap or, you know, like I'm giving away some kind of information. I will make this very clear. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not giving away any information. I'm not, you know, making clear of like one side or the other. It's fine. Uh, but I think what happened with his neck made it, gave jack an opening to be like all right this is done this ain't gonna work here this is over uh and this made it you know he's he's fa- he's found the ground that makes it easier to be like hey listen i want to get this thing done these guys don't want to do it eh, this ain't gonna work and you know if the Sabres give into it like i think that's the only way that <laughs> like they find any sort of saving face is they give into it then jack says all right you call my bluff i guess i'm gonna do this but you know, if it comes out on the end and doesn't work, then, you know, it sucks for the Sabres, it sucks for Jack. But if it comes out, you know, one way or the other, I just I, it, it's it's a it's a point where I just don't think the Sabres are willing to go that far with it. And Jack's found that he's found a thing that they're just like, yeah, they won't go for this. That's fine. And, you know, again, that's all me thinking it. It is in no way grounded. In fact, like <laughs> I cannot make that clearer. I know this can get clipped up to be like, oh, geez, Jordan said this whole thing. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. He said like, no, but like if you're in Jack's shoes and it's been six years and it's been this dog shit, wouldn't you look for a way? Like, I mean, that's where I come back to. Like you look, you're, you're looking for a way and it's like, you haven't shown me any reason to not, you haven't shown me a reason to, to believe that you've got it figured out because it's been six years. And you ain't got shit figured out. Let it, you know, I just be like, this is it. Uh, this ain't going to work.
1: I mean, yeah, six years and best case scenario, the Sabres ain't a playoff team for two years and that's best case scenario. So now you're you're talking eight years. One last topic I want to hit on and I feel like I'm running with the devil here, playing with borrowed time, being out here Mm -hmm. again. If it rains, I'm screwed. Our Internet's been all right. There are a couple of people who are enjoying some beverages inside who are Don't clearly, they are clearly looking outside wondering what the hell I'm going on. By the way, props to you on drinking some little Bud Light seltzer. Not even a sponsor of this podcast, but I'm going to throw that out there, Joe, with a little late night beverage here. <laughs> I got towels. I'm surrounded by my towels. I'm just trying not to get wet out here. But yeah. All right. So here's here's what I wanted to hit on. And then I'll end this by talking about, uh, I'll hit on what we're going to talk about on Friday's show. But all right. So Rasmus Rissolainen. Okay. Is he, you, when you talked about Sam Reinhart, you use the word underappreciated quite often, and I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. To some extent, do you think Rasmus Rissolainen is at least somewhat underappreciated? Now, I know Sabres fans, he's the punching bag, and a lot of it's deserved, okay? I'm not saying that a lot of people think he stinks, but I also know a lot of former Buffalo Sabres. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit, too, of of former Buffalo Bills players who we couldn't get out of this town fast enough. And then they go somewhere else, and they have so much success. Now I remember London Fletcher. He would have a million tackles. Yeah, but he never made an impact play, whatever. He went to the Washington Redskins, was a very good linebacker there. Lots of guys like that. I mean, God, I could go on forever just naming Buffalo Bills during the <laughs> draft. Jason Peters, same deal. You overrated tackle, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Goes to Philly, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer now not saying right. Rasmus was, it's ever going to be a hall of famer, but do you think to some extent because of all the losing and him kind of being mm-hmm. the face of the defense, at least for so many years, and he hasn't played well at, for stretches, but he has played well for other stretches. I think anyway, you know, and I'm not the most brilliant hockey mind on the face of this earth, but I've seen some stretches where he plays reasonably well. Do you think he's one of those underappreciated guys who just, uh, the fans just need to blame somebody or do you feel like 95% of it or more is, is deserved when he gets shit on, because he probably gets shit on more than any other Buffalo saber I've seen personally in recent memory.
2: I think when he gets, when he gets dumped on it's earned. Uh, but I, I think the attention that he gets is, is too much um, uh, because he's seen as for a lot of, for a lot of fans, he's seen as the pariah. Like he's the reason that makes it he's he's the guy that's making everything bad. And that's not the case. Right. That is that is a hundred percent not the case. But to me, he's the perfect example of what everything has gone wrong here since the Pagolas took over. Because he was he was so young when he was thrown in, you know, with Ted Dolan's when Ted Dolan was coaching the team to be the number one guy. He's playing 20 minutes a night on the worst team ever assembled in Buffalo history. You know, the 14, 15 Sabres. Like he's playing a ton of minutes there. 15, 16 Sabres, even like he's playing 20 minutes a night on on that team, which weirdly enough is the best team of the, of this run since, you know, since the Pagoulas really took over, like that's their best 81 point season. Like that's their best team, but he was put in a position where no matter what he was doing, it was always done with the thought of like, just listen, just savor bacon, you know, bang the puck out of the zone, just dump it, just, you know, do whatever it does to make it, make it easier on yourself. Just get done with that. And then he gets, he gets a big extension based on how he played there. And if I'm in his shoes and if I'm that age, if I'm paid $5 million a year to play how I played before, I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep playing that way. It's like, well, geez, if I made $5 million doing it this way, I'm just going to keep doing that. And if that's not the right way, well, that's on the team, that's on the coaches, that's on everybody else. So, to me, that's he's the ultimate example of not developing the correct way, and that to me is is the biggest problem with with Riso is that he was just put in a position where he was he was bound to fail no matter what, and now he's in a position with the team that you know with the last few years with teams that are going to be better. You know, they've got better defensive crew around them. Like he doesn't have to be the number one guy, but he's counted on to be the number one guy. And that's not right. And that's, you know, it's unfortunately reflective upon him, but it's at the, it's been at the point for now for like the last two or three years, they would both be better off without him here. You know, Ristolano would probably do a million times better if he was the number, if he was on the third pair with another team, just, you know, do, you know, being a power play guy, occasional PK guy, not like the, you know, not playing 25 minutes a night doing everything. Like he doesn't need to be that guy. Like that's not his role. And instead the Sabres are in a spot where he has to be that guy because they don't have anybody else to, to do better. And that that's ruined. What, what could be a guy that could, that could be a very important part to a team, but it, you know, it's over exacerbated what everything that he was supposed to do. And that's, that's the unfortunate part because I think he can be, he can be good as long as he's used the right way. And instead, he's been used the wrong way his entire career.
1: I'll tell you what, Joe, we're going to, as you were talking about Rasmus, I had a guy, I don't know if you saw it on camera again, Joe and I do this on camera. You only hear the audio, but some guy just came out and said, Got a complaint, you're being too loud. I kind of feel like that's bullshit because I'm in front of a lobby and I don't see any direct rooms. Well, actually, there are some up above me, oh. so maybe I was a little bit loud, but anyway, we're gonna <laughs> leave it there because I'll tell you what, on Friday, here's what we're gonna do we're gonna react to Granado and Kevin Adams' press conferences. Maybe we'll pick up a little Sabres mm-hmm. conversation. Also, want to hit on the bills. Uh, pro football focus had a, a rankings of top 50 players. There were two bills on there. I want to talk about where you think. They were ranked. Um, Oh, by the way, the mayor, man, or the soon-to-be mayor of Buffalo was welcoming me personally to Buffalo and I don't even follow her on Twitter and I didn't even tag her in a tweet and she tweeted at me. I'll tell you about that on Friday and then we're going to do our starting five favorite wrestlers of all time on Friday. So that's all Friday with Joe Yurden. Again, yeah. I got to get out of here before I get beat up. So thank Joe. Thanks for doing this so much. Again, I'm outside. I'm in front of a hotel. You've you're sitting there drinking some seltzers. We're pounding out this podcast late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning drop. Thanks for doing it, brother.
2: Yeah you got it man it's always fun to talk to you and I'm I, I'm sorry that you broke curfew